The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by Run Your Pool. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Survivor to get your free entry in our NFL Survivor Contest. First place gets $500 cash and a $250 gift card to the SGPN store. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this evening is our newest fantasy uh, contributor, Brad Stickler. How are we doing, sir? Oh, I'm living the dream, man. Living the dream. I wish I had a radio voice like you do. It's pretty pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. This is not a radio voice, sir. This is this is a I was dead at the expo voice, you know, went to the fantasy football expo this weekend. And, you know, last year I, I had a similar situation, but it was because, you know, we were we were toking cigars all night. You know what I mean? Didn't have yeah. those this year. So yeah. I woke up uh, Sunday morning very surprised not to have much of my voice box left. Uh, what you're hearing now, you know, definitely not, you know, finely tuned Justin will say right so I appreciate you listeners hanging with me tonight I'm, I'm sure I'll be clean, cleared up by next week but man it's it's been a rocky Monday uh, waking up yeah, I was far worse than I sound right now that's for sure but what I will tell you you know because whenever I get like this like stuffy or sick you know I always got to throw out like my impressions and man I gotta tell you my duff man is like right on right now like <laughs> duff man never dies only the actors that play him like I uh, like it Spot on. Like I was like, oh, honey, I I, I might want to keep this just you know to crack some dad jokes for the next couple of days. Not quite oh, a dad yeah. yet, but uh, awesome. my ba- my bane not quite there. Like oh darkness. <laughs> like it's it's you know it's not it's not finely tuned. Like like uh, I said, right? So yeah, I can't that's really... also not what Bane was like. Like in the cartoon when he was introduced or anything right. like that. So that's right. like a newer Bane thing. Sure. So. But Chris, Christopher Nolan definitely made his stamp with that, with that voice, with that, yeah, with that yeah. unique take, right? So yeah. I always throw that out there. It's it's always one of my favorite impressions. But uh, we're here. We're we're sticking it out. Tough tough voices. Full weekends. Full schedules. Uh, we're talking ADP risers and fallers at the wide receiver position. We're looking at wide receiver market watch guys that are climbing our rankings and falling in our rankings whether it's recent news or just our overall opinions of them for this uh, redraft season. Really appreciate you guys riding with us. Be sure to follow us at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. We're going to get right into it. All right, Brad, who is your first ADP climber at the wide receiver position? Let's dive in. Yeah, so I'm going to go with newly acquired wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, Jarvis Landry. So early on in the season, he was drafted around that wide receiver 57 location. Now he's around wide receiver 49. He's starting to peak up a little bit. We got a lot of camp hype, right? Some people coming out saying he's dominating camp. Well, no, no shit. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Jarvis Landry is a really good wide receiver. It's not surprising that he's going out and looks really well. He's only age 29. He's had a hundred tar over a hundred targets his in his first seven seasons. And the only reason he did last year is because he was dealing with a little bit of injury. There was a lot of issues with the Cleveland Browns overall last year. And this, I mean, this guy is like historical. He's 13, number 13 on the all-time list for the most receptions through their first seven seasons in the league. 
And if you look at all these guys, they're these are some monster names. Marvin Harrison, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, and the list just goes on and on and on, all the way down to guys like Randy Moss and Andre Johnson. To be included in a group of guys like that is a pretty big deal, and it's not something that should be shied away from. So a lot of times people look at it and say, well, but he's 29 and he's changing teams and Brad, Mm -hmm. he's there with Michael Thomas and can he do it? Well, I think he can. When you look at all of these guys that I mentioned that have also finished with the most receptions in history through their first seven seasons, these guys went on to their age 30 season and averaged, averaged 149 targets. Most of them had over 100 targets all the way up until their age 32, 33, 34 season. So Mm. there's no reason that Jarvis Landry can't do this because of age. So then you look a little bit at the situation. And I say, well, I mean, you got Michael Thomas on the outside. They drafted Chris Olave, who most likely is going to be on the outside. Jarvis Mm. Landry gets to go back to the slot, which is his home. That's where he was the most successful in Miami. That's where he was the most successful when Cleveland played him there, which was somewhere under like 60%. I want to say when I looked it up, it's like 53% of snaps he was playing from the slot, right? And that's just not Jarvis's game. He needs to be in the slot 70 to 75 or more percent of the time. And, and I think he's going to get the opportunity to do that in New Orleans. And I just think he's going to eat in those underneath routes. Yeah, I actually have him and Alave ranked pretty similarly. So you have... Landry at wide receiver 49, he's being drafted as 57. I actually have him right at 57 in my ranking, so I'm pretty close to the public. I have a Lave at 55, so for me, like really in that space, I'll take either one of them. But I think Landry stays on the field more from that experience, you know, being a better blocker, right? Like he's going to just get more snaps than a Lave, not someone that I'm worried about. And what I really like about the situation is that there's not really a ton of exposure to the tight end position. They got Taysom Hill, Adam Troutman. Maybe, you know, they sign like a vet like Jimmy Graham, bring him home. You know, I don't know if something like that could happen. Well, I, I think <laughs> they need a body. I think they need a body there, you know. not Obviously not someone that like him is going to come in and take important snaps by any means. But, right, right. you know, like I just I just feel like there isn't going to be a, a big target share from the tight end position from this team. Like right now, Taysom Hill sitting atop that position on the depth chart, right? So I, I like Jarvis Landry a lot in this offense. Um, don't I mean, I don't love him a ton to move him up my board. I feel like he's a guy that's kind of just landing in your lap here at the back end of drafts. Um, he was drafted at 57. So that puts him in uh, what round was it around 10 or 11? Uh, 12. He in the middle of round 12, uh, you know, receivers that went in that same area. You're looking at Jayon Dotson. Uh, MVS went around after KJ Osborne, DJ Shark, who we're going to be talking about here soon. I feel like out of that group, yeah, that's that's a very good pick. If you're looking at guys ahead of him, uh, you know, Devontae Parker, mm, is that a better situation? You know, he's the number one, but they don't they're not gonna pass a ton of New England, right? You know, George Pickens, that gets a little bit more interesting, but I still feel like you know, Landry's experience gonna be playing more meaningful snaps, gonna be on the field more than a younger guy like Pickens. Uh Kenny Galladay, Russ Gage, again, it kind of gets into more of like a coin flip there. Uh, and then you have DeAndre Hopkins going before that, which is a guy that's going to be missing like six games. So in that territory, you know, I, I really like um, I like where he's going there. I feel like he's someone that can fall into my lap. Um, personally, I don't feel like I have to like reach for him. I don't have to pull him up because there's going to be some people that are prioritizing uh, some of these other players that I just listed. So, yeah, I, I think he's pretty good for his ADP, but I don't hate moving him up a tier. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at some of those guys in round 10, Jacoby Myers, Julio Jones, Robert Woods, like Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather Jarvis Landry than I would 
those guys, Robert Woods in a low passing volume offense coming right. back from an ACL. Julio Jones is the fourth option, third mm-hmm. option in Tampa, which is still good. And Jacoby Myers is this the second option, most likely next to Devontae Parker in New England. Right. So it's just it's a guy that I could see being worth a tenth round pick if if you wanted to. I mean, I would mm-hmm. I would agree you can wait because I don't think anybody's reaching for him, but there's just a lot of guys above him that just I could see him outproducing for sure this season. As far as like your roster utility, like do you see yourself drafting him as like as high as your third wide receiver on your team? Or uh, like what, what's a sweet spot that you want to where where you want him to fall for you? Yeah, I would really like him to be my first bench player if I okay. can. I, I definitely okay. don't want to have to rely on him, but mm-hmm. he's got enough upside in the long term. I feel like that he'd be a nice bye week guy, fill in for injuries mm-hmm. later on down the season. I, I think that's the the prime position for him is for. If you're relying on him in your starting lineup, you may have you definitely prioritize some other positions ahead of wide receiver. Yeah, I, I really can't d- disagree with that. And and when you're getting to wide receiver fifty, um, I know I'm going to reference this. You know, plus you're splitting hairs, right? Like yep. you can really go any sort of direction. I like the upside for Jarvis Landry going into an offense like uh, the Saints. Definitely going to be more high octane than the Browns per se. And I I think that Jameis Winston has become a more disciplined quarterback. You know, the way that they're trying to use him is you know be more efficient. Don't try to hit a bomb on every play. Don't try to score a touchdown on every, on every play. And I think Jarvis Landry is going to fit really well into that narrative of just trying to you know move the ball down the field you know safe and you know solid producing offense so yeah I like it a lot uh we're going to shift over to my top option I've got uh, Juju Smith-Schuster being drafted as wide receiver 35 he's coming off the board for wide receiver 19 in my rankings uh I just feel like the opportunity in Kansas City is well it's, it's big time I mean you look at the vacated targets from Tyreek Hill he's got 159 then you look at guys like Byron Pringle uh, Darrell Williams, Demarcus Robinson leaving. That's another 158 targets right there between the three of them. That's 317 available targets. <laughs> Not saying Juju is going to get close to 200 by any means, but I feel like he has a very safe floor where he's probably going to get somewhere between 125 to 140 targets on one of the better offenses in the league with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? Uh, Tyreek Hill also leaving nine receiving uh, touchdowns, 1,200 plus receiving yards. I feel like that's a very easy um a threshold for Juju to cross at least 1150 plus receiving yards, at least a hundred receiving or a hundred uh, catches, excuse me, very good potential for double digit touchdowns, but you know, Kelsey's going to be that big guy, that big target down low. Right. So maybe I temper those expectations, but I don't see a, a narrative where Juju cannot be a top 20 wide receiver. I, I feel like he can fit that, that mold very easily guys. That he's going up against MVS, Michael Hardman, Sky Moore, Josh Gordon still rostered. Justin Watson rostered there. I don't see these guys as threats, you know, in, in, the, in the passing game to Juju's potential production. Honestly, I would be more concerned if they signed a guy like Cole Beasley or Will Fuller, or, you know, maybe they pick up the phone when OBJ gets healthy, you know, and they bring him in. Then, yeah, sure, I would definitely want to revert, you know, where I'm valuing Juju. But right now where we're sitting, you're looking at a potential 45% passing of uh, volume availability here in this offense he's the guy at the top of the depth chart. Am I, am I crazy here? No, no. I mean, Sky Moore might turn into something, but he is a rookie. And I think we've been spoiled over the last couple seasons with guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase 
where people expect these rookies to just come in and smash in year mm-hmm. one. And we, that's just not the norm, right? Those are exceptional talents. And I just don't see Sky Moore as one of those guys. I wasn't super high on him, but I wasn't super low on him coming out either. I think Juju is the experienced guy in that wide receiver room. And I know, you know, you look at, they paid MVS and some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. I just think Juju is a more talented guy. He's more, I think he's got more touchdown upside. Uh, you've seen that in his years in Pittsburgh. He was more of a red zone target uh, mm-hmm. than than anything. So I think he's going to be more of that touchdown guy for Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to cover a lot of those underneath routes while Travis Kelsey stretching the field, while Sky Moore stretching the field. And I think he's going to end up producing pretty solid low end wide receiver two, mid range wide receiver two numbers. And I mean, you're you you've got him at wide receiver nineteen, so that's that feels about right. Yeah, it's right in the middle of wide receiver two territory. If they don't sign another guy, if they don't bring anyone in, I I just feel like it's a very safe threshold for him to cross. You know, the guys that are being drafted around him at wide receiver 35 are also pretty good value. Like Chris Godwin went one pick ahead of him. I like some of the other guys in his round, Hunter Renfro, Amon Ross, St. Brown. I like those guys, but I still value him much more, uh, more so just from his offense that he's coming out of. Guys that went around ahead of him, uh, Amari Cooper, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown, DK Metcalf, even Michael Thomas, there's still some questions there about target share. And he just doesn't have to worry about that. Like there's less mouse to feed, honestly, in his wide receiver room. So for he for me, he's a very low hanging fruit. I am definitely willing to move him up to say, you know, the fifth or sixth round. He's going at the end of round seven. And I don't think that that's a, a crazy take. I think it's pretty practical based on his uh, potential uh, projection for workload. So I think he's a pretty safe pick in the, inside the top 20 receivers. Yeah. All right, let, let's shift to your next pick here. Uh, who's your next man up? This, this is my favorite guy. This is the guy that I'm willing to reach for in a lot of redraft leagues, and that is Devonta Smith, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's being drafted at wide receiver 41 right now. I've got him – the ADP starting to, to creep up a little bit. So ADP that mm-hmm. I looked at today, he's actually up around wide receiver 36. For me, he's number 23. Wide receiver 23, and I know people are like, wow, that's a reach. Is it, though? I mean, this guy is somebody who, if you if you just look at rookie wide receivers, this guy mm-hmm. had 104 targets, 64 catches, 916 yards average, just over 14 yards per catch. That's, that's pretty solid. All of those numbers are second behind the only person that people think about, and that's Jamar Chase. But if right. you go back and you look at 2020, there's a couple really good rookie wide receivers that he compares to in C.D. Lamb and T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. If you go back to 2019, again, he's on par statistically with a couple really good rookies in that season, D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. If you go back to 2018, he did better than all of the rookie wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, D.J. Moore, Cortland Sutton. All seven of those guys are mm-hmm. people that are they are just smashing right now. They think these guys are the thing. Those are guys that we want. Cortland Sutton with Russell Wilson and DJ Moore now with the best quarterback he's played with, with Baker Mayfield, potentially. You know, Calvin Ridley, obviously, pending right. suspension. That's probably a little bit different. Right? right, We'll take him out. But DK, at one point, was number two on the dynasty charts and wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, people love. Same thing, T. Higgins, CeeDee Lamb. All these guys just ooze upside. And everybody just wants to forget about Devonta Smith. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Coming out of college was one of the best ones. He creates separation at every level. If you look at, 
uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, a really good tool to kind of see guys that, you know, what, what they're good at, what they're not good at. He's good at everything. He's literally good at everything. It's absolutely gross to watch. And people say, wow, they brought in A.J. Brown. Brad, they threw the least amount of times out of mm-hmm. any team in the league. They were number 32 in passing attempts. I agree. It's a tale of two seasons. Beginning of the season, they tried to pass the ball. It didn't really work out because they didn't have anybody outside of Devonta Smith. Jalen Hurts was still progressing. Second half of the season, they tried to run the ball. Now they bring in A.J. Brown. That tells you a couple things. One, they want to throw the ball more. They want to be successful at throwing the ball, right? They're going to try. They're not going to be last in attempts again this season. That target share is not coming away from Devonta Smith and going to to A.J. Brown. It's coming away from guys like Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. Miles Sanders doesn't end up with 30-some-odd targets or Kenny Gainwell doesn't get 50. Uh, You know, Zach Ertz has some vacated targets from the Mm -hmm. time that he was there. So there is plenty to go around when you look at an uptick in passing attempts his skill level, and it meshes really, really good with A.J. Brown because they are two totally different players at the game. So I think they're going to mesh well. I think Jalen Hurts is going to take a little step forward in that mm-hmm. offense, and Devonta Smith is going to be a smash at his current ADP of, of wide receiver 41. Oddly enough, you picked another guy that I have spot on with the public. I have Devonta Smith right at wide receiver 41, oddly enough. you got to clarify for me, though, because in our shared notes here, you have him down as wide receiver 36. Is it 23 or 36? So 23. So the so if you okay. look at the sheet, what I did is I looked at what the drafted ABP was that you have on the sheet, and then right. I went and looked at today's ADP. Ah, uh, gotcha, So gotcha, today's gotcha. ADP, he's at wide receiver 36. Okay. So that's kind of how I picked these ADP risers was mm-hmm. when this was looked at versus what it is today. Right. So that's my bad. <laughs> my, my main concern is just cleaning up the efficiency, right? Had 104 targets last year, only 64 catches. Was that just getting acclimated with the league? Was that just not being able to be as physical? You know, he's, he's still like, you know, six foot, just under 180 pounds. You know, if he bulks up, you know, if, if he's a little bit bigger, they pass more. Yeah, you're going to have positive um, uh, progression here. You know, he finished wide receiver 29 in PPR last year, you know, going up to 23. It's really not out of the art, you know, out of the question, right? Like it, it can definitely happen. But some of those things that you mentioned really need to happen. They have to pass more. Right. You have to get some of those vacated targets going around. I still feel like this is going to be a team that does focus around the run game because that's where Jalen Hurts, you know, really uh, is going to shine. Right. Like that's what he can really do. That's like his skill set. And that's why he was so successful last season. Bringing in AGB, obviously, you know, it should help the offense. It shouldn't hurt Devonta Smith. It should help his opportunities. Um, I still have him at 41. I'm just not someone that's that's convinced that I want to get into that offense where they might may not be as vertical. And personally, I'm a little bit higher on Dallas Goddard. Like I have him all the way up at tight end seven, you know, right behind some of those bigger names. So I feel like he could also benefit from an AGB or AGB, AGB as well. There goes the voice box again, slurring a little bit. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that that makes sense, right? You hear a lot of camp reports. They said, you know, that Dallas Goddard is the go-to guy down the field right now. That's that's the guy he's targeting in camp. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes that comes to fruition in real life. Sometimes it doesn't. I just look at kind of that rapport that they built a little bit last year. They did know each other, at least in Alabama. I don't know that they really worked a lot together on the field at the same time. But there is some of that rapport that's already there with Devonta Smith. And we didn't even mention the fact that he's going from the alpha corner on a defense to a secondary corner on a defense. And he was winning at all levels against the alphas. 
So now he's going to get a little bit easier competition. He's going to be able to create even more separation and get even more yards after the catch. So I, th- I think you're going to see some efficiency increase for sure, which I think is why I, I, I'm a little bit higher on him than others. Right. Yeah, and, and if that's a bet that you're willing to take, by all means, go with it. Um, 64 out of 104, obviously not ideal, but there's a lot of ex- kind of like built-in excuses, right? Like he was coming in off of an injury. You know, he's still a little bit smaller, still getting acclimated with the league. I agree with you, though. Behind uh, uh, A.J. Brown and Smith, like you just have roster cloggers. Although I will say people need to pay more respect to Greg Ward. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but when Greg Ward gets production, the team wins. I was going off on a rant about it a couple years ago about – it's like every time this guy gets at least five catches, they got a W. You know, it's not like, and it's not booming production. It's just like when he's involved in the game plan. And I'm not going to yep. say like Quez Watkins is like a mate, like a light years ahead of Greg Ward, like pretty even. They're roster cloggers. They're just guys that are going to kind of split snaps, right? Zach Pascal, Jalen Rieger, like these aren't guys that are going to dominate, you know, touches behind them. So I, I like the opportunity there. You know, Brown, Smith, Goddard, they're definitely the, the targets there. I'm just kind of staying firm with the public on him. Someone that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely draft. I'm not, I'm not adverse to him, but not someone that I'm going out and reaching for. So I, I hear your points, but I also still have kind of those concerns just from the, the year one stuff. And that's all valid stuff, right? That's stuff you either have to believe in or believe against. That's, there's, there's nothing to really sway you one way or another right now. Yep, absolutely. We're going to hit a quick word from uh, our sponsors, and we'll be right back with uh, more ADP risers at the wide receiver position. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is always open. It's 24 hours a day where you can get a or 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And also sponsored by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from Sportsbook to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activities. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And we're back. We're talking ADP risers at the wide receiver position. Uh, my, my next guy up, Brad, is Alan Lazard. Now, I get it. There's a lot of hype around you know the Packers wide receivers. You got the Romeo Dubes love. Christian Watson getting back into practice. He's off the pup. Positive direction for him. But I, I mean, this is a joke, Brad. Wide receiver 43 for Alan Lazard. Brad, he finished his wide receiver 47 last year. You're telling me four spots? Four spots with 169 vacated targets from Devontae Adams. Another 55 meaningful targets from MVS. That's 224 targets right there, right around 35% of the target share from last year's available. Alan Lazard is a very close friend of, of Aaron Rodgers. He kind of got the Tom Brady treatment in the fact that they lived together. They were they were like roommates for a while, right? Eight touchdowns on 40 catches. That's about 20% touchdown percentage. I'm not saying that that's going to stick around. You, you definitely got to re- regress from that number. But I don't think it's out of this world for him to finish with 80-plus catches eight plus touchdowns and over a thousand receiving yards. 
I'm drafting him as wide receiver 27. That's right in the middle of wide receiver three territory, which I feel is a very safe place. Four spots ahead of where he finished last year, I think on uh, 13 games played. I, I, I just don't understand that. that that's, a, that's a mis-evaluation in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I would have to agree, and I am not high on Alan Lazard. I think where you got him. I mean, best case scenario, this cat is a wide receiver three this year. Um, I just, I, I think his go-to guy is going to end up being Aaron Jones. That's just going to be who he. Looks I don't disagree. To. I think you look at. I don't think Randall Cobb. So I'm not. I'm not going to talk about him. I don't think he's taking targets away from Alan Lazard. <laughs> But I, I do start to wonder, okay, I'm like that. Yeah, right. Well, like, so what does Aaron Rodgers want to do? He he doesn't really like those rookies. So I'm not going to count Romeo Dubes in. I'm not going to count Christian Watson in. Historically speaking, Aaron Rodgers does not pay any attention to them. I mean, they're mm-hmm. virtually non-existent their rookie season. So the only people left are are Lassard, Robert Tanyan, if he even starts the season. Uh, I was going to say, Aaron that Jones, AJ like Dillon, and the man, the Lizard King himself, talks about lizards all the time. He's a weird dude in Sammy Watkins. What? Wh- who's he throwing the ball to? I, I get think, it. I think I, it's Alan Lazard and Aaron Jones. I think it that has they're going to be. Right. Is he talented enough to make it matter, though? That's where I wonder. He's talked about Alan Lazard for a long time, just like he mm-hmm. talked about Jake Kumaro for a long time. And Jake Kumaro never really amounted to anything. So am I going to put my chips in on a guy who he's talked about a lot, mm. doesn't really have a great physical profile? Probably not. I'm probably going to pass on him for somebody that I think just has better physical attributes, which right. may be a completely wrong call in the grand scheme of things when you look at it because he's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback who's – quite possibly going to pepper him with targets, mm-hmm. but I just, I, it's so hard to get behind somebody like Alan Lazard. It just okay. is. So let's, let's play some quick player, a player B yep. sky Moore or Alan Lazard. Who do you, who do you want? Lazard. Adam Thielen or Alan Lazard. Adam Thielen. Okay. That's interesting. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. I wasn't expecting that one. But I'll, I'll let it. Talk. I'm a lot Jake, higher on Adam Thielen than a lot of people right now. So he had some positive buzz today. I'll let that yeah. one slide. I like Adam Thielen a lot too, but I'd still take Lazard over him. Drake London or Alan Lazard? Ooh. Um. Oh God. Alan Lazard. I don't like that, but I'm gonna say Alan Lazard. Elijah Moore. Or Alan Lazard. Elijah Moore. Ooh, no. I, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, Elijah Moore. With the great white mic. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Because it, there's a chance that Wilson is, is back to start the season. Christian Kirk or Alan Lazard? You're just, yeah, Alan Lazard. Traylon Burks or Alan Lazard? Lazard. Devon, well, are you, you're going to say Devontae Smith over Lazard for sure, right? Uh, 100, okay. 100 times. You already, you already moved him up like five spots. Yeah. You already you already moved him up higher into wider wider receiver three territory. I'm I'm just saying like these are the yeah. na- all the guys that I named all went ahead of him. They were all yeah. drafted ahead of yeah. Lazard, and that's not ideal, right? Like most of those names, you you were taking Lazard, right? Obviously, yeah. a few yeah. you have you're a little bit higher on, but still, um, I'm not going to keep going down that road with you know just picking players to you know go back and forth with. But you know what I mean? Like there, there's definitely some misevaluations out there. Like you know when you're looking at Alan Lazard, he's going to have a top target share in his offense. All these other guys that we just mentioned are going to be splitting hairs with either other top targets or an offense that's going to spread the ball around. Alan Lazard, like you and I just said, we both agree, 
will most likely be top two in targets. It'll, it should most likely be him and Aaron Jones. And I'm with you on Aaron Jones, man. I think he could have an Alvin Kamara level season where he's getting 80 plus catches close to 1500 all purpose yards because he is, he does have the best connection with him. Randall Cobb has a really good connection with, with Aaron Rodgers, but he has an even better or a lesser connection. I should say with father time. Okay. The hamstrings are getting tight. It's not a pleasant place to play up there in green Bay. I see him as being more of a roster clogger, third and shorts, some fourth down situations, you know, where, where they really want that reliable short catch for Randall Cobb. He's not a yak guy. Come on now. You know, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can get in there and, and make some meaningful catches, but not, not necessarily blow up our fantasy box scores, right? Like good for football, not maybe necessarily good for fantasy. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm going to have to reevaluate. Now I'm looking at my dynasty rankings that I've gotten fantasy pros right now. He's way too low, Who? way too low. Lazard. Oh, I'm sure. Listen, to, listen, listen to this. Nine in listen. dynasty rankings. I, I think I shared this last week. I got it all. I got offered Michael Thomas in a second for Alan Lazard. I'd have taken a second alone for Alan Lazard. <laughs> well, I know. I, that's that's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, why am I not hitting smash right now? I'm like scouring the internet. Like, what happened? Like, where yeah, right. where where is the blurb? Where is the beat writer that you know just blew something up? And you know, and, and the guy was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably gonna get razzed a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't care. Yeah, I'm like, you hey, you like Lazard? I like him too, but I don't like him that much. I don't like yeah, I'm right. like I don't like him to pass up that offer. So people are high on him. Like, I think it's gonna be a very good situation. I'm not talking about like, you know, the greatest receiver ever, like the whole little conversation Adams and, you know, Rogers did kind of like through the media or whatever, but you know, that's just uh, some fluff for the, for the folks uh, that need some clicks, I guess. But yeah, I think he's going to be a good option this year. Definitely undervalued in my opinion, uh, moving him up dynasty boards. He's 26. You know, I, I, I think he's going to be there for a minute. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be there though? I think that's kind of like where you, you have to kind of, you know, gauge the dynasty value, but uh, let's get back to the, to the path here. Uh, who is your, uh, last riser at the wide receiver position in ADP. Yeah, so I got another newly acquired wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. That's DJ Shark, currently being mm -hmm. drafted at wide receiver 61. Today's ADP, again, it's probably fluctuating a little bit, is wide receiver 54. I've got him at wide receiver 46, so a low-end wide receiver four, a guy that's, you know, another one of those bi-week guys that you want on your team. And look, DJ Shark in his early career was definitely a deep threat guy. Um the argument I've heard to this is Jared Goff is not really a deep, deep thrower, which mm -hmm. if you have recency bias, I would agree, right? But. If you look at last season, he was 25th in air yards, 25th in air yards with the Detroit Lions. If you go back to 2021, he was 19th in air yards, mm -hmm. but in 2020, he was eighth in air yards. And in 2018, he was fifth in air yards. So to me, I make a little bit of a correlation here. And my correlation is when he had a top tier running back that was healthy all season in Todd Gurley in 2018 and 2019, Todd Gurley was a top 12 running back those two seasons. He had monster air yards and produced throwing the ball down the field. Todd Gurley is moves on to Atlanta in 2020. It's the Darrell Henderson show and a mix of other backs. He falls right. to number 19. Then he moves into Detroit last season. DeAndre Swift hurt, not hurt, in, not in. No other wide receivers to really stretch the field. Amon Ra, it's not really his game. He falls to 25th in air yards. Now you get a guy in DJ Shark who has shown in the past that he's a very potent 
down the field wide receiver. You saw him as the wide receiver 17 in 2019. That was his sophomore season in Jacksonville. And then wide receiver 28 in points per game in the few games that he played in 2020. And then the mess that was last season, he played, I think, three games and missed, yeah. the, the, you know, a large portion of the season. So, it, you know, you got to kind of have to throw that one out. But he did all that in the mess that is the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback room, right? Gardner Minshew in 2019 and the hotness that he was. And then mm-hmm. the hodgepodge in 2020. It was just a mess for him. Now he goes here with a guy who's proven in the league that he can play. I think Jared Goff is an, an average to above average quarterback in the NFL. He deserves a starting job. I do believe that. So a little bit of this hinges on my belief in Jared Goff for the Detroit Lions. But there's nobody else that's going to stretch the field right now. They've got DeAndre Swift that's going to catch out of the backfield. they got TJ Hawkinson to run the seams. Mm-hmm. I'm on wrong. Those underneath routes. So I think DJ Shark, mainly because Jamison Williams is going to be on, probably most likely start the season on the pup. He'll stay on the pup miss the first six weeks of the season and possibly come back in the back half of the season. So I think this is a guy that you can kind of trust to get you some boom or bust weeks in that Detroit Lions offense. Yeah. And he's had that skill set of a number one guy for his team. Like when he was with the Jags, like he was that guy, he was the dog getting a high target share. Funny little anecdote here. Uh, a couple of years ago, I did a season long prop bet uh, DJ shark versus Devonte Parker and DJ shark was my horse in the race of total receiving yards. DJ Shark finished with 706. Parker finished with 793. And he had to like out outscore him by like 80 some odd yards in the very last week of the season to hit this number. I had to shave my head because of DJ Shark. So oh no. Now, with that being said, that's the premise. I'm setting this up. I agree with you a billion percent. I have him two spots ahead of your ranking, actually. So I'm right there with you. I am buying in uh, to this passing offense. I am buying into the Jared Goff taking a step forward. I think that the accuracy is going to be better. They're going to be very run first. They're going to set up the run to protect the passing game and golf. They have a very, very good offensive line, very improved from years past. I think that a lot of a lot of us in the community are very high on DeAndre Swift and for good reason. And I think that the the offense is going to, just going to take a step forward uh, in general. I feel like the defense really is what's going to hurt them the most. Like, I don't think their defense is as sound as people are thinking. It's not the best asset they have. And keep in mind, like this team was in almost every game last year. I think I, I almost like uh, what? 12 or 14 of their games were decided by one score. Yeah. The first like eight weeks or something, they were, they had game winning. They went, they had the ball within a score at right. the end of the game. It was something crazy like that. Like, the and DJ, yeah. And DJ Shark is having a great camp. He's putting out some crazy tape. You talk about the deep ball, those uh, extension plays that he's been making in camp have been beautiful. Honestly, my only concern about DJ Shark is getting hurt. When I'm looking at like super flex drafts, like he is a guy that I will roster as like my third receiver. Like I, I'm, I'm not adverse to him whatsoever. So I have him in a very similar place. I, I'm good with him. Um, and it, maybe it's just a little bit of fanfare from years past. Um, I've, I've just kind of like been on him since he came in the league. So I feel like there are better days for him ahead. And I believe he's just playing on a one year contract. So it's kind of like a prove it type of season. You know, especially like in dynasty formats, guys like DJ Shark and Juju that are playing on these one year deals their situation could be very upgraded, you know, after this season. So they're kind of like, you know, like a year long buy low type of candidate, as long as like, you know, they're playing to that narrative, like as long as things are going well, as long as they're getting that production, you know, I would kind of buy low on them in those long term type of formats, you know, where you can get him next year where, you know, maybe he winds up in Tampa, you know, maybe he yep. winds up in Kansas city or something like that. Right. Um, it could go for like that for either of those guys. So very good situation for DJ shark. 
um, at the um, draft night out at the Fantasy Expo, I took him as my third receiver off the board. Uh, and I, in that type of format, I went heavy with running back and quarterback in my first four picks. I didn't draft a receiver until the fifth round. So I went, um, what was it? Uh, Derek Carr, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook. I'm forgetting my other quarterback already. I don't know why, but I don't know. I can pull it up later. But yeah, I, I started running back quarterback heavy in that format. And then I followed with like Mike Thomas, Juju, and DJ Shark, guys that we, you know, a couple of guys we've already talked about here. So yeah, I feel very good about him. I think it's going to be a good situation in Detroit for him this year. Yeah, he's absolutely like if you're doing underdog best ball drafts at wide receiver 61, he's a smash, in my yep. opinion, in best ball drafts. Like I, he's another one of those guys that I'd be more than willing to reach a round or two mm-hmm. early on later on in drafts. I mean, what is that wide receiver 61 as well? Like a 14th round, if that um, like, in our I mean, that's let me see here in our <laughs> oh, my gosh, in our mock, he was butt ended by KJ Osborne and Rondell Moore. Yeah, you know, like that's just gross. MVS a couple of picks ahead of him. Uh, Jayon Dotson, not bad, but still definitely going behind Shark in my rankings. Jarvis Landry was a round ahead. I, I, I would feel comfortable bringing him up to rounds 10 or 11. Yeah. So I, I think he's a very good value. Uh, my last guy is, I'm not, I'm not calling him a super sleeper, but he was drafted in the last round of this mock that we did, and I think it's absolutely disrespectful. Nico Collins was the fourth player before the last before the last pick like this is absolutely crazy drafted as wide receiver 71 I know that the numbers aren't there from last year but the Houston Texans weren't an amazing offense and I don't expect it to be a world beater this year either but I don't expect the Texans to be good at all and I expect that Collins to be on the field a lot you know what I mean he was second on the team in targets with just 60 targets last season I think he's going to take a step forward I think Davis Mills is going to take a step forward pair that with a bad defense positive ROI and garbage time, a no established running game whatsoever. And then you just look at their roster cloggers, Chris Conley, Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett. These guys aren't going to be playing meaningful snaps. They're going to be out there and they'll get their, you know, random, you know, shots down the field, maybe a couple of trick plays, but between Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, I absolutely love where they're going, going and drafts. And I feel like Collins can be an absolute steal you know, come the fantasy playoffs, you know, if, if you were to see an injury from one of these guys, a tight end or even a roster clogger that keeps them on the field, just a little bit more. Uh, and then, like I mentioned about garbage time, I think there could be opportunities where they're like, you know what? We don't need to get Brandon cooks hurt while we're down by 24 points with four minutes left, you know, four scores in four minutes, Nico, go out there and catch another four balls, you know, go catch another three balls. And it's not like he has he doesn't have like amazing like catchability, but he's got good yak. You know, he's yards per target about 7.3. He's getting another six yards after that. His yards per catch are about 13 and a half. So I like this upside here. He's got size. He's got speed. He can block. I just think he's going to play a lot of meaningful snaps. So there's a lot of guys ahead of him that are being drafted. I'm just going like, what? Huh? Yeah, he's getting that. I feel like that Michigan smear is still on him right now. Right, he comes from the Wolverines, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, the Michigan Wolverines! That offense is terrible." He shows up in Houston. He comes in with a, a quarterback that they drafted in the third round. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. He, there wasn't really much going for him in the beginning of the season, and you kind of saw that, right? He he ended up getting hurt. I think like that was it the first week or the second week. He got After hurt the, super early during on. the second week. Yeah, was it the second week? He missed yeah. a few games, came back, and then you saw him in like that sixty-ish percent snap share. So, like you said. 
those other guys aren't pushing him off the field. So he's going to be in that 60 to 70%, maybe a smidge higher now that he's got a year under his belt. He's most likely locked in that wide receiver too, based on what we're hearing for camp, that he's looking really good. Like you said, he's got speed. He's got size. He's got run after the catch. He's a mm-hmm. physical player. He was a top recruit in college. It's just he didn't get a lot of chance to kind of work on his craft, we'll say, while at Michigan. So he's going to be kind of a prospect. It's going to take a while for him to really kind of mold in. But I think, you know, you're going to be wishing you drafted him a little bit earlier this season. And I think that goes for very similar in Dynasty as well. He's a guy that Brandon Cooks may not be there next season. And you Mm -hmm. may be looking at the wide receiver one for a team that may or may not move forward with with, uh, um, Davis Mills or not. Right. We're kind of unsure of that situation with the draft class next year. But you're looking at a guy who's probably the wide receiver one for that team moving forward. So I think he's a smash play at that ADP. I've got him at 54. So I'm a couple just a couple spots higher. I've got him right underneath my man, David Bell. uh, All right. Right now. So. All right. Well, yeah, we're on the same beaten path here. I like it. Yeah, we're we're both feeling some Nico Collins. Wide receiver 71. I'm just a bit disrespectful. Uh, Corey Davis sharing a ton of targets. Just got a quarterback uh, downgrade potentially. William Fuller, not even owned, not even on an actual NFL team. Michael Hardman, very, very crowded room. Jamison Crowder, like the upside, crowded room. Roby Anderson, very crowded. Mm, So-so quarterback play. Josh Palmer. Neck and neck with Jalen Guyton potentially for snaps. Even if he go- goes ahead of him, <laughs> you're still playing behind Big Mike, Keenan blocks, Allen, uh, Austin Eckler. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, Byron Pringle, I, I'm a Bears fan, but no, I'm not buying it. Sorry. Like, again, more of a roster clogger. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, Nico Collins is going to be at the, the top of his team's target share, getting drafted in round 18 of 18 in an 18-round Superflex League. It's disappointing. But, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. If I can get him back there, by all means, thank you. <laughs> I'll do it. All right, we're going to get into another word from our uh, sponsors here, and then we're going to get into our ADP fallers at the wide receiver position. Run Your Pool run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports, gaming, and customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. Get over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. The prizes have been announced. Winner take all $500 and $250 gift card to the SGPN store. And our next sponsor is Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I know I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users. And now you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First of all, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like, and all you do is pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from double to 20 times the money that you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, Sleeper is the first sports contest game built into any fantasy experience. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contest and play with them. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see copies of my friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now and play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our list, our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit of up to 100 bucks. 
Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match for your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, and we're back. We're talking wide receiver fallers in our ADP. We're talking guys that are falling down our draft boards. Uh, me and Brad both agreed on Nico Collins, but your first man up here, Brad, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have a bit of a disagreement. Who do you got? Yeah, so I think we're gonna have a disagreement on all three of these, to be honest, because all I right. marked these guys based on what I talked about earlier. So I looked at today's <laughs> ADP and okay. said, Oh, well, this guy's ADP is wide receiver 29. And I made a note to myself saying, I'm buying all three of these guys at that ADP. Like it's crazy <laughs> for them to be that low. So, so mine are a little bit different context. So I apologize mm-hmm. for that. But the first guy is Allen Robinson. He's currently being drafted at wide receiver 29 per mm-hmm. ADP. And in our last mock, he went at wide receiver 20, which I would even probably go a little higher than that, to be completely honest with you, in a redraft format. This is somebody who is has been a smash basically his entire career after his ACL injury. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who with the crap quarterback play in Jacksonville, the crap quarterback play in Chicago. He just wanted out. You could see he just did not care. He wasn't trying. He was strictly, it looked like he was on the field to collect a paycheck. It really oh, did. Absolutely. And it, a tagged yeah, it, paycheck at that. Yeah, it was ugly. It, it was ugly to watch. Um, now he goes to a situation with Matthew Stafford and that high-flying offense where he gets to be the wide receiver too. And we've seen that wide receiver two position with the St. Louis Rams in general with Sean McVay, not even necessarily just Matthew Stafford, be extremely valuable. We've seen multiple seasons with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods being in that high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one phenomena. We saw Cooper mm-hmm. Cup with wide receiver five finish before last season. And then rock steady Robert Woods coming in with, I think it was like a 12, a 13, and a 12, or a 12, 13, 14 finish, something like that. There is plenty of pie to go around to feed Allen Robinson 130, 140 targets. Do we really think Cooper Cup's getting the 190 some odd that he got last season? Nope. That's got to regress down to the mean a little bit, right? Exactly. There was nobody else. Robert Woods was hurt. They're throwing to guys like Van Jefferson. They didn't have o- mm-hmm. Odell the entire season. So right. I, this guy's going to get a good amount of targets, and I think he's good enough where he's going to return high-end wide receiver two numbers with some smash weeks for you on a week-to-week basis. Well, so much for that because we agree. That's a spoiler. <laughs> like, yeah, I have him at wide receiver 16. So, yeah, we're, we're both sniffing him out in the same neighborhood. That's that's for certain. For every point that you just made, and then just you, like you do look at the, the, the play with bad quarterbacks. You look at the play uh, with Mitch, with Nick Foles in, in Chicago, being able to go over 1,100-plus yards in back-to-back seasons. To me, when you're looking at Allen Robinson's ADP, you're betting on if he is healthy, he's going to produce. You're betting if he's not going to be healthy, he's not worth the pick. That's that's really all that you're doing because when he plays in 13 plus games, he's going to have close to a thousand receiving yards. And in this offense, if he only plays 13 or 14 games, he can still have a very meaningful role for your fantasy team because there are going to be some really big weeks for certain. And when you look at what uh, type of coverage that you know, or the shifting coverage that Cooper Cup can provide for you, right? Like the amount of attention that he can draw from the defense, you just have to love the opportunity for Allen Robinson. I'm not really a that a roster that that's that filled with talent. Excuse me. Uh, you do have the dual running backs there. They're getting a lot of talk about how they're going to use Hendy and Akers both. 
but who else is going to compete for targets here? Like I like Van Jefferson. I think he does take a step forward here, but you know, there is that talk that they want to bring OBJ back. That's the only thing that would really concern me. That's, that's about it. If there was another mouth to feed, then maybe we need to take that into consideration, but I'm not worried about Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, Ben Swaranek. I, I can't even say that name. Skoranek. I can say Okubanon, but I can't say that guy's net last name. <laughs> uh, Tutu Atwell. Just still, you know, not there as far as size-wise. He's like 5'9". Yeah, exactly. He's like 5'9". He's like Maybe a gadget guy that you could, like, give a weird end around to or something like that, right? So there's just a lot of opportunity. If he's healthy, he's going to boom. I, I'm, it's just that clear to me. So wide receiver 16, that is going in our most recent mock, I believe, in round four. I remember it because Cortland Sutton was number 15. So, yeah, in the middle of round four is right where you're looking at potential Allen Robinson territory for me. Now, I say that in the sense that you don't need to go out and rush to him. I think it's a very ideal situation for him to land in your lap as potentially your third wide receiver rostered. In this mock that we're looking at, that's exactly what the person did. They faded quarterback. They went Jonathan Taylor at 1-5, Stephon Diggs at 2-7, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, we'll, we'll get to him, James Conner, and then Allen Robinson and Rashad Bateman. They really loaded up at running back and wide receiver and came back around with Winston and uh, Mac Jones, which I don't love, but I don't necessarily hate. Maybe I would fill in one of those uh, plugs up top between Conner and, and Hill with a quarterback, but you would still get Allen Robinson at really good value. So he's not someone that you necessarily have to reach on, but if there is a big run, especially like in uh, single quarterback leagues of wide receivers and running backs, he has a very high ceiling in that offense. So he is definitely someone that I'm moving up my boards. Um, yeah, I thought you, you, I see where you went with him falling. So I, I, I get that. But yeah, we, we were on the assumption that, you know, he was not going to be a, a value. So that's why I thought yep. we were going to disagree. So I yeah, like where no, your head's at. Well, so I've, I'm working on my bold takes for the season right now. And so I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of a sneak peek, which, which I love peeking behind the curtain. One of my buddies uh, that I started doing fantasy football with a, a number of years ago. Uh, gives me crap for this because I always used to what he called peek behind the curtain beforehand. Uh -huh. And this is, I think there's a world where Allen Robinson leads the league in passing yard or in receiving yards this season. That got that's gotta go how check out that good, in bed right now. Yeah, right. That's how good I think this guy is. And I think there's going to be such a focus on Cooper Cup that he is going to absolutely smash this season. Just smash. I'm with it. I'm with it. And it's right, so, a bold take. It's not like, don't, I'm not saying right, go right. bet money on it or anything like that. So maybe we can get that number pulled up to get, get the odds. I bet it's at least yeah. 20, 20 to one or more. Um, oh yeah. My first guy up and this is a, a pure faller, someone that I'm not reaching for someone that I, I probably have behind uh, the ADP in comparison to the public is Cortland Sutton. I have him at wide receiver 26. He's being drafted as wide receiver 15. When I'm looking at the situation in Denver, I see Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton having similar ceilings. Like I could see both of them finishing somewhere between 115 to 135 targets. Sutton will probably have more yards. And I think it, honestly, it could be a toss up on the touchdowns. I think most of the public would assume that Sutton would have more touchdowns, but we also have to take into consideration that this team's going to put the ball on the ground. They're going to use Javante Williams. They're going to use Melvin Gordon. Okubanam's there. He's going to take a step forward with Noah Fant departing. Um, they do still have some, you know, roster cloggers like like a KJ Hamler. We saw Tim Patrick get hurt. That was that was awful. I absolutely that hate sucks. that. Yeah. I love me some Tim Patrick. Um, so with that injury there, that does heighten them up a little bit. But this is just one of those common draft situations, Brad, where I don't want to rush to the first guy in kind of a split room, right? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, 
Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. These are kind of examples from years past. Even before Cooper Cup kind of went off, people were like, oh, but what about the Robert Woods value? Wasn't wasn't quite a good example, I, I think, in, in, in that format. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to take Cortland Sutton in like round four or five when I can get Jerry Judy in round seven or eight when my expectation is that they're going to be pretty even keel from week to week. Like we saw uh, Cortland Sutton with bad quarterback play last year. He didn't really do that well. Like we've seen really good wide receivers. Like we just ref- referenced Allen Robinson. We, we've seen him be quarterback proof in his career. We haven't necessarily seen that from Cortland Sutton, even when he played a full 17 games, 17 games and only 98 targets. Definitely disappointing. Uh, he had 124 targets in 2019 in um, 16 games played. So I feel like that's, I'm not saying that's his ceiling, but I feel like that he's going to finish in a similar territory with a rising uh, Jerry Judy, who I feel like a lot of people are high on. I'm not necessarily higher on him than Sutton. I just feel like they're going to get a very common workload, similar production, and a team that will most likely attack to be good at football, not fill up the box scores. Um, this one also, like Juju, who we referenced earlier, could, I feel like, be a window for a free agent signing. And this in this situation, it worries me, right? Of course, with Juju, I like I said earlier, I would have to revert my rankings, but I feel like you could see some big reversions with Sutton or Judy if you did add an OBJ, if you did add a Cole Beasley, or um, who was who was the other one I referenced? Oh, Will Will Fuller, if he you know if he decides oh, he wants yeah. to you know actually try out or get on somebody's team, I don't know, whatever. Any any of those type of guys, right? I feel like there's a window here because this is a win now team. I was talking to our guy Dave Heilman at the Hall of Fame this weekend at the Expo. We looked at Stafford. New quarterback, new city, went to the Super Bowl. Year prior, Tom Brady, new quarterback in a new city, went to the Super Bowl. I feel like the Broncos are Super Bowl or bust right now. This is why you make a move for a guy like Russell Wilson who's been there, who's done it, who's had that success, right? So I feel like this, again, is a kind of a situation. It's going to be good football, may not produce the best you know, fantasy box score. So I'm holding him back. Uh, where did I say he went? Round five, wide receiver 15. 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man, some of these guys behind him. Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Allen Robbins, who we just talked about, uh, Jalen Waddle. That's a little more even keel. Brandon Ayuk, ugh, I'll take, I will take Sutton over Ayuk, but that's still what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys that I would feel far more comfortable taking ahead of them. Uh, even Michael Thomas, Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman's getting close, but Darnell Mooney, who went in round seven, again, that's a guy who's going to have a, a ton of target share, uh, kind of similar to uh, Devontae Smith who didn't have a lot of efficiency last year, but had a ton of target volume. Mooney had like 80 catches on 140 targets. That's going to go yeah. up. That Volume will probably stay the same, but that, that catching efficiency is going to go up. So there's just a lot of guys that I like ahead of them that are within three rounds of that. So to me, it's a far too expensive ADP. What, what do you think on him? Yeah, so I've got a, the same take, but a little bit different. The reason I okay. say that is I don't look at those wide receivers as better than him. I think they mm-hmm. all have the exact same range of outcomes. Okay. So I'm not going to draft the first one. I'm going to wait and try to take one of the last one that I think has the same range of outcomes. Sure. All those guys, we Mike Williams, down the field threat. Cortland Sutton, down the field threat. Right. Mm-hmm. All those guys, Marquise Brown, down the field threat. All those guys have that same upside. Right. They've they're all paired with decent quarterbacks. You know, they've got good teams on their shoulders, so on and so forth. So the other point that you made is you're going to take the value, right? Jerry Judy, the value, which Okay, yeah, you've seen that over the last couple of years. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, 129 targets over the last two years. That's peace. Tyler Lockett averaged 119 targets. And more receiving it's yards. It's like a 50-50 split 
mm-hmm. right? The target wise. So to me, I I initially, when I started looking at these guys, was thinking in half point PPR, I'm taking Sutton, touchdown upside in full point PPR. I'm taking Judy because I think he's going to have the, the receptions and the targets. I don't know if I'm leaning that direction. Russell Wilson is pretty damn good at just evenly distributing the ball. So I don't know that you're going to get that PPR upside that people originally thought Jerry Judy was just going to be a smashful. Thought he'd be open all the time. He's just going to get peppered with targets. And I don't know that that's going to be the case. So I, I like the point you made. Take the value in Judy later. And you can also wait around to get the same wide receiver on a different team as Cortland Sutton later, you know, later on in the draft as well. And honestly, everyone's draft is different. There's going to be drafts. It's going to happen where people prioritize Jerry Judy over Cortland Sutton. 100%. And you will easily get him at where I have him ranked at wide receiver 26. There's going to be plenty of drafts where it happens for sure. I feel like this wide receiver 15, though, it's just, a, a, again, another big miscalculation here. Prioritizing him in the same round as guys like Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen. Are you kidding me? Keenan Allen's going to have probably 40 to 50 more targets than him. Debo Samuel, who's getting used like a, a dual threat uh, weapon at running back and receiver. So being in that same class is just way too rich for me. Yeah. Uh, who is your next guy up? Who's your next faller? All right, so the next faller, again, context is important here, right? I'm looking at what the the mock draft versus current ADP is, not necessarily mm-hmm. in my rankings as a faller, and that's Sky Moore. So Sky Moore in this mock draft went as the wide receiver 42. Right now, he's coming off the board as wide receiver 56, and I just think that's downright respect, disrespectful. This guy mm-hmm. is going to be the number three target at worst for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there somebody ahead of him other than Kelsey and Juju? And there's, we don't even really know. We talked about Juju earlier. There's a world where Sky Moore is the second target in this offense. It really sounds like he's filling more of that role that Tyreek Hill did. Now, I'm not saying he's the same receiver or he's anywhere near as talented as Tyreek Hill, but it sounds like that's the type of role that he's going to be filling in for. And that's a pretty damn valuable role. And you're telling me that that's wide receiver 56 right now? That's just nonsense. Just absolute nonsense. You're looking at him go around guys like, let's see here, for wide receivers. I should have had this up before I started talking about it. Uh, I can pull up the board here. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and I can't find his darn name now. I mean, to your to your point about the usage, though, like when you saw Tyreek Hill early on with the uh, with the Chiefs, he was being used in special team situations. He was being used in a gadgetry type of role. I think Sky Moore does fit that mold. We've seen him take some carries at training camp so far. We've seen him make big plays down the field. Uh, I feel like this is a very earn your role offense. Like if you if you are the guy, then you will be on the field. I think the only person that's really ahead of him potentially where he's like neck and neck with is MVS because they did give him some money. They went out and signed him. I feel like he's going to get that usage, but in that same breath, I feel like MVS is going to be used as that guy to open the field with Kelsey because he's a bit of a field stretcher and you're going to see those opportunities underneath for Moore and Schuster where Schuster's upside is, is the blocking, right? Like he's more experienced. He's been around, Um, but both of them are coming into the new offense. But, you know, both of them are in the same place playbook wise. Right. So I do think there is some opportunity there, you know, between him, MVS. 
I, I don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon. I he's here, uh, he's practicing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. He didn't do anything in preseason. I don't know what's going on there. And then Miko Hardman, who you know, let's just face it, like the resume hasn't flashed for us, right? Like it, it doesn't hasn't been that impressive. Everyone's been saying, "Oh, Tyreek Hill light. He's diet Tyreek." That's not that's not the case. Again, a good weapon that can you know open up the field, you know, stretch the seams a bit here, but not someone that I feel is going to have like meaningful targets. I feel like going out and getting MVS. That was a, you know, that they felt like that was a key acquisition, you know, drafting Sky Moore. I think he can, you know, be that type of gadget, gadgetry guy, but I feel like I am going to top him out at, you know, like 60 targets. I don't know if it gets, you know, really much higher than that. I do feel like he could be used as a weapon in, in punt return. I feel like he can be used, you know, on some trick plays, you know, like I said, taking maybe some carries at running back. We've seen that. Uh, type of scheme just become more normalized in the NFL where, you know, they're trying to get creative looks. We've seen uh, Kansas City just run trick plays. They'll go out there in the Wildcat. We've seen Kelsey throw touchdowns. We've seen Mahomes throw touchdowns to the to the O-line, right? So, you know, I, I feel like there is some opportunity for him in an Andy Reid type of offense. And honestly, I don't necessarily see like Tyree Kill. I mostly see kind of like a younger Deshaun Jackson. He's got that speed. He can also stretch the field as well. And I feel like he could be uh, used as a weapon to really open things up. Uh, for you know, Mahomes to just kind of clean up underneath, whether it's Juju, Kelsey, or whoever. Yeah, I just I, I'm not buying the MVS talk, and, and the main reason That's is fair. I get like if if everybody looks at just the front headline of the contract, it says. Mm-hmm three-year, $30 million, and they're like, oh, my God, that's a hefty contract. Look, this cat's getting $2 million this year. That's it. And then he's cuttable next year because they save like $8 million. They save $7 million if they cut him. Like, that's that's nothing. This dude is not getting paid what people think he's getting paid. So it is going to be very easy, in my opinion, for Sky Moore to come in and then just be like, ah, yeah, MVS, you'll come out in four wide receiver sets or whenever right. Sky Moore's tired, right? <laughs> I just, I just don't see it, you know. So, so people got to look into those contracts just a little bit, right? Don't, don't look at it just at face value. But at wide receiver fifty six, he's going around guys like KJ Osborne, right. MVS, who we just talked about, Rondale Moore, Jalen Tolbert, Michael Gallup, who's not even, he's probably starting the year on the pup. Right. Like, come on, man. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I, th- I feel like you've got some upside there if he does hit. And that late in the draft, you're taking shots in the dark anyway. Yep, so absolutely. If, who if would you rather? Hit, go ahead. Who, who would you rather have, him or Jalen Tolbert? In redraft? Yeah. Uh, him. Okay, gotcha. It's got to be yeah. I feel like they're yeah, kind of in similar similar situations. Like Jalen Tolbert's getting, is definitely climbing boards. You know, yep, like it feels like he's going to be like that guy that's just up there and available. You know, that, yep. that's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Will I just don't, I just don't know if he's going to get it right. There's all that talk mm-hmm. around Tony Pollard filling some slot role. So does he get some of that? There's a lot going on there that kind of makes me take a step back around Jalen Tolbert right now. Sure, sure. Okay, who's our who's our next guy up? Uh, it's my my turn. I got yep. uh, Brandon Ayuk. Wow, uh, being drafted as wide receiver twenty two. Uh, this guy's never had more than hundred targets in his first two years in the league. Uh, going to be playing. I'm not going to say second fiddle. It's more like third fiddle. Kittle, Debo, Elijah Mitchell. Just the run game in general. That's a it's a very run heavy offense. Um, he's finished as wide receiver thirty five in back to back seasons, and as uh, his first year available. Uh, Kittle was hurt for most of that season. He only played like eight games. So I feel like those numbers are skewed a little bit. I like the talent. I don't like the cost. 
I don't understand this this value, Brad. Going in the end of round five, ahead of players like DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Michael Thomas, Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, Amon Ra, Hunter Renfro, dear Lord, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, we've already referenced. Like, I'll take all of these players ahead of Brandon Ayuk. More pass-friendlier offenses, less target shares. Like, I, I don't get this hype. Like, I again, I like Brandon Ayuk. I like cheering for him. I like taking props on him. Not someone I want to draft at the end of round five. What do you think? Yeah, you're you're taking him at his his absolute best, I feel like. Now, I do think I, I'm definitely buying into the hype around Brandon Ayuk. I think Trey Lance's skill set is more around Brandon Ayuk's skill set, right? He's going to be trying to chuck the ball downfield. He's got that big arm. That's what they they drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round to do was stretch the field. That was his skill set. Yes, he got into the doghouse with Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle doesn't play that game, right? Mm-hmm. He he's not afraid to sit somebody. He doesn't care how good you think you are, right? If you don't do what you're asked to do, he's going to bench your ass. And he's, he's, he's proved that over the years. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it over the last couple of years, but I do think that the wide receiver, I've got him at 22 or I'm sorry, I have him at 29 right now. So I do okay. have him a good amount higher than you, but below the, the oh, yeah. mock draft here, because I do think he has a much higher potential to perform this year mm-hmm. out of the doghouse. You saw him come on a little bit in the back half of the season last year and start to produce a little bit more after he got out of the doghouse and kind of got reacclimated with it. And now they make that transition from Jimmy G to Trey Lance. And I I just think he, he meshes better with him. Um, but the players that you're talking about going ahead of him I don't know if I can get behind those guys. Right? You mean the guys I, behind him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would rather probably half of those guys than than what you were talking about. Oh, yeah. I, the, the the few behind him that I wouldn't take, because, like, literally all of them that I mentioned, Amari Cooper was drafted uh, four or five receivers after him. I would take Ayuk over Cooper. Not a great situation right now with the looming quarterback situation in Cleveland. Uh, Jerry Judy, yeah, I'd probably take Ayuk. I mean, it's a similar situation for Judy as well sharing some of those targets, like I mentioned. Uh, Gabe Davis, I'd probably take Gabe Davis, to be honest. I've, if we think uh, you can take a step forward, why not Gabe Davis? Uh, third and Renfro, yeah, I'm going third and Renfro. High-octane offense, in my opinion, for the for the Raiders. Third and Renfro. <laughs> Chris Godwin, Juju, like, I I mean, honestly, I can keep going. Like uh, Christian Kirk, I will take over Ayuk. Uh, Alan Lazard, I will take over Ayuk. Uh, man, if, if Zach Wilson was healthy, I might take, take Elijah Moore. He was looking so good. Yeah, uh, I just don't yeah. just don't know if I trust him with, you know, the potential of Mike White or Joe Flacco. But, man, he was right there, like for for sure. Um, yeah, the, the back end of the seventh is kind of where I'm looking, right? Once they hit Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. I'm okay taking Ayuk ahead of Juju and Traylon Burks and Christian Kirk and Elijah Moore, Drake London, Adam Thielen. I, I think I'm okay with that right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I would it's still want Devonta Smith, but I'm super high on Devonta Smith. Uh, right, but that that's about the spot for me. There was definitely a little bit of reach at the end of the fifth, right? Like you said, oh, DK man. Metcalf went after him. Rashad Bateman, who I I could I could see that argument. I'm not buying it, but I could see the argument at least taking I before you take mm-hmm. Bateman. So there's there's some guys that, you know close to him that I would rather have before him, but there's a right. good number of guys in that sixth round that we saw, seventh round mm-hmm. that we saw, that I'm definitely taking him over. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's there's way too many names. Um, I yeah, I, I mean, I see your point with some of them. Um, yeah, Amari Cooper was no good, but Bateman. Yeah, I, I would definitely take him. I've I've referenced him before on an ADP climbing show. Uh, again, it's just a very good situation. Vacated targets. Who else is going to catch the ball? Everyone's getting yeah. hurt. Like it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a po positive return for him, I, I believe. Yep. All right, let's get to what's going to be. Let's see your last our last guy in general. We're gonna, we're going to cut it out here. We're about hour five in. Who is your last faller, Brad? All right. Uh, again, context matters. This is a guy that we saw go in this mock draft at wide receiver 37. Today's ADP is wide receiver 45. Uh, I'm smashing him at that ADP, I think, right now. And that is wide receiver, newly drafted wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Drake London. This dude looked legitimate. In camp, he looked legitimate in the preseason, and I know it's the preseason. This is a top two target on that team. Oh, yeah. Zacchaeus is not taking targets away from this guy. It's mm -hmm. not Cordero Patterson is not taking targets away from this guy. It's going to be him and Kyle Pitts. Right. That's the only show in town there. Uh, you know, the, the running back room there and Ugh. Damian Williams and Tyler Ugh. Algier, those guys aren't taking a lot of targets away. So this dude's going to get peppered, and it looks like he's the wide receiver one in the class, the way it looks right now. He wasn't mm -hmm. my wide receiver one coming in, but based on everything that we're seeing, how they've performed in week one, the camp reports, it looks like he's kind of solidifying himself at the top of this wide receiver draft class right now. And the targets are going to be there for him to produce as the top wide receiver target in this class as well. Right. And at, at wide receiver 45, that's just, come on, man. That's the, He's the wide receiver one on his team. Even if mm -hmm. Mariota throws for 3,600 yards, what is that, a 1,000 for Drake London? <laughs> you know, who else is he throwing to? Right. Uh, you know, I could see a world where him and Kyle Pitts combined for 2,800 yards-ish, something like that, 1,400 apiece, something crazy like that, because there's literally nobody else to catch the ball right now. So I think you're you're looking at just too many people ahead of him that aren't the number one target on their team. Right. Brian Edwards, Auden Tate, Geronimo Allison. Wow. Olami Dekius. Demir Bird, Kaderil Hodge, like yeah, it's really, really thin over there. I, I, I feel like Cordell Patterson will get some run, but he's not a guy I'm high on. I have him way down the boards. Uh, Drake London, I have him at like right at wide receiver 42, so I don't think I'm overvaluing him or misvaluing him. I think it's like kind of right in that public space where he's going. But I would, I would move him up ahead of some of the names that are being drafted uh, ahead of him right now. Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks. I'd probably take him ahead of Devonta Smith just because he's just the number one guy. There's less target share there. Uh, Kadarius Tony, probably right in that like Gabe Davis, Darnell Mooney space. I feel I would feel feel pretty comfortable with him. Like somewhere in the seventh, I feel like that's a, a time where I could start targeting him. Where I'm looking at my roster, I'm looking at you know kind of like the draft flow. Like, is this going to be a heavy wide receiver round? Are, are we going to maybe revert to like tight ends or running backs again? And you know, kind of make my stance there. Like, because you got to read the board, right? Um, you might be higher on some people that are falling. But then you get sniped four picks, you know, right ahead of you, right? You know what I mean? So I, I think he's in a very good situation. Just no other threats other than Kyle Pitts, like you had mentioned. I'm surprisingly high on Marcus Mariota. I said before the offseason, he will be a week one starter. One of my friends challenged me to that, and they're going to wind up cost, costing him about 50 bucks as long as Marcus Mariota doesn't get hurt. A so buddy I'm, of mine and I made that exact same bet. I said Ritter's going to be starting in week one. 
that's 20 go. bucks, not 50 bucks. Let's but go. DGENs only. <laughs> Hammer the like button on that one, folks. Come on now. Oh, no, I, I absolutely love it. I said, I said it was going to be Carolina. I said that he would fit really well and kind of like their RPO type of system. You have like kind of that running, you know, potential quarterback along with the CMC. It would fit. Eh, I'll take Atlanta. He's going to be a week one starter. What do I care? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, but because of that, I, I like Drake London's upside. Like you look at some of the tape from Marcus Mariota a couple of years ago when he filled in for Derek Carr, weren't very many filling opportunities. Derek Carr, you know, typically very healthy, uh, but he pulled a groin in that game up against the Chargers. I believe it was a Monday night game. And uh, Marcus Mariota came in. He did very well. Uh, had a, a, a good rushing attack. Uh, had passing touchdowns. I think he did have an interception, but I mean, he's kept the ball pretty clean regardless. So yeah. I think there's a lot of upside for for him and London in this offense. And yeah, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is definitely going to eat too. Yeah, well, I'm there's some to- familiarity there too, right? If if you remember, he got drafted to the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans when Arthur, oh, yeah, Arthur was their offensive coordinator, right? So right. there's already some familiarity there mm-hmm. now. Some other arguments I've heard is, well, he, you know, he got brought in as the quarterback. May, did they consult him when they went and got Brian Edwards? And he really liked Brian Edwards and his time mm-hmm. in Oak or in Las Vegas. Is mm-hmm. that why he got brought in? Now, I loved Brian Edwards coming out of South Carolina. I am blinded by my love for him. So <laughs> it's not really fair for me to make that statement or assumption. Right. Because uh, I'm definitely biased, but there there is a world where he's not. I just don't think that's the case right now. Right. Well, yeah, you get those those guys that are they're practicing together a lot. Second string, third string. That's where Brian Edwards is hanging out with Marcus Mariota on the sidelines, not playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and Arthur Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's been like very credible about bringing in guys that he has experience with. Uh, uh, was it? Anthony Ferkser just got added into there. Not saying that he's going to have a purpose or a huge role, but. Yeah, he likes to he likes to roll with his dude. So yeah, I, I'm totally down with Mariota and Drake London for where he's going in drafts. I feel like he's falling into your hands, but I am definitely willing him uh, willing to move him up around potentially even two. Uh, you know, if you saw like like an injury there, like if you wow, if you saw a crazy Kyle Pitts injury or something like, he would be shooting up the boards for sure. So yeah, definitely someone I like this year. Was not able to get any exposure to him in fantasy. Uh, I had a couple of one on ones and I went with Brees. So. Mm. Didn't didn't di- diversify much in Brees. I trust. I, I get. I guess uh, this. Is, <laughs> I guess I, I would have been <laughs> happy not drafting anybody in this draft class. I really would have. I, I just you. none of them felt good at one hundred and one. You know, like even in a super flex draft, you're like, oh man, Ugh, can he can he pick it at one? Like what what do you do? <laughs> oh, we were in. I was in a startup where I got the twelfth pick in the in the in the startup draft. No rookies, and then they're like, oh, well, you get the one hundred and one. I was like, oh, cool. Sweet. <laughs> like, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll take that. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no worries here. 12th pick, 101. I'm good with that. That's a good swap. And then <laughs> I had another one, another one of my big trades I won this offseason was DeAndre Hopkins and Mitch Trubisky for the 101. Oh, yeah. 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 This, I picked up Mitch <laughs> off of waivers, like yeah. at the end of the previous season. You know, like how You're I welcome. had like, yeah, exactly. Like I had like yeah. seven quarterbacks rostered too. So it's like, yeah, here you go. Here's my seventh quarterback and, you know, potentially my best receiver. But I had like a really good group of receivers. So I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm, I'm straight. Well, and you're moving at that point a 29-year-old wide receiver who's going right. on PED suspension for the 101. I don't believe smash. he had that a, a suspension at that time. So the, the, the win and the trade progressed uh, as time went on. Because nice. Mitch also wasn't with the Steelers when I made the trade. So like that kind of like flipped a little bit, you know what I mean? Oh my god. They oh, offered yeah. that and he wasn't wow. No, I offered that. 
I oh, you offered, offered it and they took. Yeah, well, wow. the guy needed a the guy needed a quarterback and yeah. a receiver. So nice. when you're hurting, you're hurting. So that's right. Yeah, it's but amazing they, how desperate people can be. Yeah, so. but for him, like that turned out to a good, somewhat of a good situation. Like Mitch is yeah. going to be a starter, and yeah, you got to wait for D Hop, but you know he'll come back around. So yep. All right, cool. Well, what do you have to share before we head out? Anything good? No, I don't think so, man. I've got some tractor work I got to get done this week. As long as the rain holds out, it looks like it might get, we might get a little rain. I got two stumps I got to dig out, so I'm going to be trying to do that this week. Uh, and then I'm I'm working on my next article. I'm hoping to have that done by the end of the week. I dropped one on wide receiver regression. Uh, next one's going to be on running back regression, uh, and I'll have a couple candidates in there for that one. So I, I'm excited to get that article out also. Good stuff. Yeah. Check out Brad's work and our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Go ahead and click on fantasy. We got the good stuff for you. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. You can follow me at TITTHJB. Where can they follow you, Brad? At FF Bourbon Dude on Twitter. Absolutely. Give us some follows and some likes, some reviews and feedback on the show. We really appreciate it. Take care. Be well. Be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you. Cheers.